Could this man be the false prophet spoken of in Revelation 13? This is Yuval Noah Harari. He's a prolific writer, and he's also the lead counsel on the World Economic Forum. In many circles, Yuval is known as the prophet. I want to share with you and react to some clips from an interview he had with the Harvard bookstore. And it'll only take you a minute to see how anti-Christ the things are that he says and teaches. Stick with me because I'm going to react to this based on the Bible when the clip is over. You see as the challenges we face now, immortality, happiness, and divinity. Yes. But I think that conceptually, death has already been transformed. People don't die because God said so. People always die, at least according to science, because of some technical glitch. We don't have to wait until Christ's second coming uh, in order to overcome death. A couple of geeks in a laboratory can do it. I know that many religions and philosophies have based the meaning of life on death and what, ha what happens after death, but I think these are all fictional stories that people have invented uh, through history. They are not the truth. Even more than immortality, science is really about transforming humans into gods. And I mean this in the most literal sense possible. Uh, we want to gain these powers. If you think about uh, the Bible, for example, so in the first book of Genesis, what God does is to create animals and plants and humans. And we now want to gain this ability to ourselves. And we even go beyond God. I mean, even if you believe in the Bible, the only thing the God of the Bible managed to create is organic beings. Now we try to go beyond the God of the Bible and create inorganic life, something he never managed to do. Divinity is, is not far enough to describe what we are trying to do. Now we are much better than the God of the Bible. I mean, in, in, in the Bible, you have these recurring droughts that the, the people of Israel do something wrong, gods become angry, drought, no water. But now uh, Israel has built in recent years, a huge desalinization factory on the shores of the Mediterranean. And most drinking water in Israel today actually come from, from these plants, from these factories. So we can make God as angry as we like. I mean, he can stop the rains, we don't care. We still have water because science has managed to do, to go way beyond the expectations of the ancient Hebrews. You have a lovely passage where you say, looking at the world today, God seems to be making a comeback, but this is a mirage. God is dead. It just takes a while to get rid of the body. <laughs> <laughs> you think eventually, you think eventually, the religious passions that seem to be stirring still and roiling politics will fade away? No, they'll be shifted or transmuted uh, into new battles, into new shapes. We'll see new religions emerging. I think the most interesting place today from a religious perspective is Silicon Valley. Uh, my bet is this is where the new religions of the 21st century uh, are being created, will be created, and these will be kind of techno-religions religions based on technology, religions that make all the old promises of Christianity and Judaism and Hinduism and so forth, they will also promise uh, happiness and prosperity and justice and even eternal life. But here on earth, 
with the help of technology and not after we die with the help of super, superhuman beings. And in a way, I would say that we've already seen the first big techno-religion in history in, in previous century, and this was socialism, that promised to create paradise on Earth with the help of steam engines and radio and electricity. And it didn't work out very well, um, but that's, that's the idea. And I think now we'll see the second stage of, of techno-religions, which will say, yes, electricity and, and steam engines, that, that wasn't good enough to create paradise. But now, with genetics and with the algorithms and machine learning, now we really have the tools to create paradise. And I think the most crucial link in the chain will be the biometric data. Because at present, most of these algorithms, like the Netflix or Amazon algorithms, they rely mostly on external data about our behavior, what we search for online, uh, and things like what we buy. But the real, I think the moment we are now, 2017, is the moment when two previously separate uh, tidal waves are merging together. We have the revolution in computer science, and we have the re revolution in, in biology, and so far they have been separate, but now they are merging into one, and one of the key devices that will uh, enable this union are the biometric sensors. Consider what it means if people constantly have biometric sensors on or inside their bodies. So with Netflix, uh, you watch television, and Netflix monitors not only what you press on the remote control, Netflix monitors your heart constantly. Yeah. And you watch a series and every, everything you see on the screen, Netflix knows what is the impact on your heart rate, on your blood pressure, on your brain activity, on your adrenaline level. With such knowledge, if you have enough computing power, and if you have, of course, enough understanding of biology, Netflix will be able to know who you are probably much better than even you can. You must have global cooperation to confront these challenges. Uh, and this is why I think nationalism in, in the present context is very problematic and dangerous. It doesn't mean that we won't go in, along that path. Um, humans don't always do the right thing. To march forward in the 21st century, I think we need to balance a new global identity, global loyalty, uh, with a strengthening of the local communities. It must go together. People are afraid of kind of a globalism because they feel completely alienated and out of place there. So it must go hand in hand, not, when, not with nationalism, but with local strengthening of, of local uh, communities. And this certainly could be done. There is Humans don't have exclusive loyalties. Some groups demand exclusive loyalties, like ultranationalism and like religious extremism. You can have only one identity, one loyalty. But there is absolutely no reason to think in such exclusive terms. A person can be loyal to his or her family and community and the whole of humankind and, and his or her nation at the same time. Uh, of course, there are sometimes clashes and, and, and conflicts uh, which makes life difficult, uh, but life is difficult. 
So, you know, you just have to handle these conflicts. Wow. So a lot of the things that he says actually line up, not only with the spirit of Antichrist, but specifically what the Bible teaches about a person known as the false prophet. You see, Satan has his counterfeit trinity. Satan himself, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. This is the satanic trinity of the end times. And as we see God's timetable winding down, things are happening all over this world, lining up with things that are spoken of by Jesus as the season of the end times. We can see things start to fall into place that people in previous generations probably never even thought possible. And so going through some of the things that Yuval says, let's take a look at this. He speaks of in his book, Homo Deus, which means human God, he says there's challenges for today are immortality, happiness, and divinity. This goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden when Satan spoke to Eve from the serpent and he said, ye shall be as gods. This is one of Satan's promises to mankind, one of Satan's lies, that you shall be as gods. And this is one of the things that Yuval promotes in his books and in his teaching. And it's interesting to me, not only is he an Israeli, but he's also, as I said in the intro, one of the lead councils of the World Economic Forum. We can see all of these things kind of tie in, possibly, with the identity of the person known in the Bible as the false prophet. One of the main things that he's pushing is the ability for mankind to attain divinity, to be able to be God. He says we've already overcome death. And this is another thing that's promised by Satan in the Garden of Eden when he says, ye shall not surely die. He's making the same promises that Satan himself made in the Garden of Eden. And then he says this, we don't need to wait until Christ's second coming to overcome death. Now this is interesting because Yuval, he's Jewish, he's an Israeli, and he's an atheist. He does not believe that God exists. And yet through that clip, you can see some animosity in his heart against the God of the Bible, and he even mentions Jesus by name, saying that we don't need Jesus' second coming to obtain eternal life. Now, Yuval doesn't entirely understand what the Bible teaches about Jesus or what it teaches about the gospel, but he decides to mention Jesus, saying that we don't need that that we can have eternal life without him. Interesting to me is what he mentions is Christ's second coming, which happens at the end of the tribulation period. And so Yuval is bringing into this discussion things that occur in the last days, specifically in the tribulation period. That's fascinating to me because this man does not believe in Jesus and he doesn't believe even that God exists. But at the same time, He's angry at God. And you can see that come out through the things that he says and teaches. He then says that the things that are taught in the Bible is a fictional story and that it's actually just not true. This goes back also to the Garden of Eden where Satan asked Eve, yea, hath God said? One of the first things that comes out of the serpent's mouth is questioning the truth and veracity behind what God had told Eve. Satan hasn't changed. And whether Yuval is the false prophet mentioned in Revelation 13 or not, we can clearly see 
that the things that he says and teaches are anti-Christ in nature. He is against the God of the Bible. This is clear. Then he says we want to transform humans into gods. This is the exact same thing again when Satan says ye shall be as gods. This is the exact same thing that Satan promised to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3. Then he says we go beyond God and that divinity is not far enough. He wants to usurp God. Does that sound familiar to you? The book of Isaiah talks about Satan himself, Lucifer, saying that he was going to ascend above God's authority. That's why Lucifer was kicked out of heaven, because he wanted to take over God's throne. He wanted to usurp God's authority. He wanted to go beyond God. And this is the attitude that we see in this man, Yuval Noah Harari. Then he says, referencing when God would judge the nation of Israel with a drought, he says, we can make God as angry as we want. We don't care. We have these desalinization factories on the shores of the Mediterranean to give us all the water that we need. And so even though Yuval is an avid atheist, he is mocking the God of the Bible and even taunting the God of the Bible that he claims to believe doesn't exist. And then he makes one of the most chilling statements in this whole entire interview, where he says a quote from his book that God is dead. It just takes a while to get rid of the body. You see here, Yuval in his animosity and his hatred for the God of the Bible is clearly seen. Not only does he want to proclaim that God does not exist, that God is dead, but he wants to remove any semblance, any remnant, anything that ties back to the God of the Bible and eradicate it. That is his goal. That is his premise. That is his desire. That's what he wants to do. And that is at its core, anti-Christ in nature. And then, oddly enough, this man who is a scientist, a philosopher, a writer, somebody who's on the World Economic Forum, he starts talking about religion. He says, we're going to have new religions forming, techno-religions, religions that come out of Silicon Valley, religions that are related to biometrics and biometric sensors and data and AI. And this is just incredible to me to realize that he's trying to marry these things together. This man whose area of expertise is economics and philosophy and science starts talking about religion and how these things come together and that these religions will make the, the, all the same promises of Christianity and Judaism, but that it'll be done through science and, oddly enough, biometrics. He says that through this we can promise happiness, prosperity, and eternal life, and the key to all of this is biometric sensors in or on your body. He says specifically that this is the key to paradise. I want to read to you a section of scripture from Revelation chapter 13, detailing the false prophet, what his job is, what he does, and how he carries out this plan. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 13, in verse number 11, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. This is interesting, because the first beast, which is the Antichrist himself, comes out of the sea. Now. I'm not saying that I believe that Yuval is the Antichrist. I don't believe he is. You see, according to scripture, the Antichrist is a Gentile, meaning he's not going to be 
Jewish. He's actually going to be of Roman descent. And when it says that this beast arises out of the sea, the first beast, the sea is a picture of the Gentile nations of the world. But by contrast, the false prophet, the second beast, he doesn't arise out of the sea. The nations, the Gentiles, he arises out of the earth, out of the land, which is a picture of the Jewish people. Yuval is an Israeli Jew. Even though he doesn't follow the teachings of the Bible, okay, he is an atheist. He is of Jewish descent, which, according to Revelation 13, fits the mold for the man known as the false prophet. And it says this beast, he is coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Then it says he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, the Antichrist, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. The whole job of the false prophet is to point people and even push people toward the worship of the Antichrist. There is going to be a one world religion an antichrist religion, the religion of the false prophet that he is pushing the worship of the antichrist. You see, the antichrist, his kingdom is a political kingdom, a kingdom of government. But the false prophet, his kingdom is one that is spiritual and economic. Then it says, He causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed, and he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast. You see, a lot of what Yuval is talking about in this speech is using science and technology to perform miracles. And in Revelation 13, he's wanting to make an image of the beast, of the Antichrist, that people should worship. Then listen to this. It says that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. A lot of what Yuval talks about is artificial life. We go beyond the God of the Bible, he says, because we have power to create inorganic life, which is exactly what the false prophet does in Revelation 13. And it says to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And then it says he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, that no man should buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here in his wisdom, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. According to the Bible, the false prophet is the one who institutes the mark of the beast. This is something that has to do with the ability to buy and to sell. Is this going to be a biometric sensor of some kind? It's possible. 
The scripture doesn't explicitly say, but when you see this man talk about biometric sensors, having this data to be able to create this paradise on earth, and the fact that he is the lead counsel on the World Economic Forum, and that he pushes a global identity, global cooperation in order to make this happen, that he is so anti-Christ and anti-God and anti-Bible, and that the things that he talks about are promising life and immortality and divinity, it really makes you think. Could this man be the false prophet spoken of in Revelation chapter number 13? Now, something I want to share with you that's very important. Things are happening in this world that have never happened before. Israel is once again a nation among the nations of the world, fulfilling biblical prophecy. There's wars and rumors of wars, and things that are good are being called evil, and things that are evil are being called good. According to the scripture, there is going to be a seven-year time period known as the tribulation period or the time of Jacob's trouble. This is going to be a horrific time where a gigantic portion of the world's population perishes. This is the time in which the Antichrist comes to power, but this has not happened yet. According to Daniel chapter 9, this all starts when the Antichrist himself institutes a covenant or a peace treaty between Israel and her enemies, the nations that surround her. Now, I believe very strongly that something will occur prior to this peace treaty known as the rapture, where believers all over the world will be taken straight up to heaven before this tribulation period starts. If you don't know Jesus as your savior, you have a chance right now to trust him as your savior and escape the coming wrath. And if you're not sure, if you would go up in the rapture, which could happen at any moment, if you're not sure that you would one day go to heaven when you die, I want you to watch this video right here, where I show you from the Bible how you can know for sure that you're going to heaven and that when the rapture occurs, you'll be able to escape the tribulation period and the wrath to come that I described in Revelation 13.